All right, so at this point, we have no idea what is going on, but when we initially started writing this episode, news broke that Dr. Disrespect, one of the largest streamers on the Twitch platform, had been banned permanently from that platform. Again, as of the time of this, as we wrote this and filmed this, there has been no information given as to why this ban was handed down, but it's permanent. It's serious. There's something going on. Yeah. All we currently know is that it has nothing to do with DMCA, as listed by uh, various sources sources online. And uh, but especially the, Slasher, Rod yeah, Bresla, doing the it be- again. Best, most ethical games journalist around. <laughs> yeah. And friend of the show. Uh, meanwhile, the Twitch ban has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with him playing copyrighted music or videos on his stream. It's yeah. not a DMCA. So not that. We don't know. There's a lot of theories going around, even as we film this, but so far none have been confirmed. And even those that have actually alluded to certain things have been rapidly deleted by the people who have written the posts. There was there was uh, verified accounts that were deleting their posts. There was Reddit accounts that were deleting their accounts because they were relaying information. So uh, yeah. nobody knows what's going on. It's it's, it's very weird. weird. So yeah, I mean, we have no idea what's going on. There's only a certain amount of theories that we think could possibly lead to such a high profile and immediate ban hammer being laid down on a massive Twitch channel. It has to be a legal issue. It has to be something like laws broken big time. You would think. But literally in within the time of finishing the script and coming in here to film, it was the news where for the first time in, I think, Twitch history subscriptions were refunded yeah so very strange yeah. they are they are putting as much distance between them and yeah. dr disrespect in as short a period of time as possible turns out but was, no one a doctor saying, yeah was not a doctor never he, got his he license. got uh he was practicing medicine uh for years on on a major streaming platform yeah. and turns out no license that's why malachi love robinson got his switch banned as yeah, well he should have learned no but uh, yeah i mean we're just going to have to wait and see what plays out with this whole thing. You I mean, might the, the top comment on people watching this right now, there might be information by the time we post yeah, it. Yeah, by the time this goes up, it, it we, you might know. Yeah. And we will we'll leave a top comment on this. <laughs> yeah, if we'll, that's we'll the pin case. whoever has the news. Um I or, I or this is something that could be wrapped up in the court season or court system for God knows how long with the only information coming out being from leaked internal information which has already popped up and since been deleted. I, I, I don't know. It's I've never wild. seen such a mystery. It's very weird yeah. because usually when people get, I mean, and canceled is like such a meaningless fucking thing. Yeah, word we don't right know if now. that's what it is or not, but, but like when like, that happens, it's usually public. They, first. Had, they had just signed a contract with him in March. He was pulling in what was reported to be tens of millions of dollars over the next couple of years. Seemed like it was a mutually beneficial relationship for both the doc and Twitch, and yet. Just like randomly in the middle of a Friday, they're just uh, all of a sudden his channel's gone. Uh, people are getting refunds for their subscriptions. No one knows what's going on. And the few people that claim to know what's going on aren't saying what's going on, yeah. which is always strange. And, and if it, they, the people that did say, and, and anything, they're like, they got look, visited by the men in black who knocked on their doors and were like, get, you can get, get rid of these tweets. Yeah, some people are just like, look. It's actually even worse than what it sounds like. I'm like, okay, well, but then what, what is, is it? it? Can't tell you. No. So yeah, the, the, the rumors are <laughs> like, you know, this is all a ploy. He's going to Facebook Gaming. Just like, yeah, that's definitely not it. But, no, yeah. no. So yeah, real wild way to end an already insane week inside of an already insane month inside of an already insane year. What will be left of anything in 2021? 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, look, I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm sure everyone has their reasons for shutting the fuck up in this scenario, because otherwise, why wouldn't they? Like Twitch to a lot of people looks really bad. When right. They do here. things like that. Yeah. To people, to children who don't understand how the world works. Well, so that's why it has to be a legal issue. And yeah. that's why it's, it's most likely it's taking a while to come out because whatever's happening needs to stay in its own bubble because of legal reasons, and that's why it's not being spread around. Because it could affect whatever the hell is happening. Any kind of exposure or outsider information or anything like that, you have a... What you're seeing here is a bunch of lawyers all covering their own asses. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've seen... There's so so many theories. None of them have any, like, real... They're all just based on nothing. But, I mean, there's, you know... The Me Too angle, mm-hmm. obviously, that's a lot of that's happening in Apparently the past week or so. Apparently, he was doing like some some questionably racist shit or something. That could be it too. Uh, I, I don't know. But it, I, I mean, like an- another just completely baseless theory was just like, oh yeah, he was he was committing like tax fraud or something like that. Which, it's like, hey, would that be great? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the how fact, they got Al Capone. The fact I, of the matter, like, if if it was a tax fraud issue, yeah. like we would all be like, all right. Cool. Yeah. See you over on YouTube, Dr. Disrespect. We don't know. Listen, if, uh, you know, DMX uh, can come out of it, anybody can. Or Nicolas Cage. Yeah. A wonderful actor who had a lot of tax problems with the IRS. A lot of tax problems. But he he started enough terrible movies that... He he worked his way out. He fixed it. He was in the Left Behind movie. Uh, Now he can afford his mausoleum. uh, What's the guy from uh, Demolition Man, the bad guy? And he was in Blaze. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Bad tax issues. Yeah, but Wesley, Beloved. Wesley Snipes took the rap. Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, I'm not paying that shit. <laughs> so I guess I'll go to prison for a year. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get in great shape in prison. And he did. I guess what we're saying is, I hope it's tax evasion. Yeah. It, it, uh, victimless crime. It's still a crime, but a victimless <laughs> crime. The victim's the government. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, wh- how, where do we go from here? Well, I, do we just launch into shitting on Quibi? Hey, hey, Quibi. Is that what can break through from whatever the fuck is going on on Twitch? Sure. Okay, look, Quibi has a lot of bad ideas. We all agree on that. And we, what we found out today about one of Quibi's last-ditch efforts to market their platform before the 90-day trial users exit that platform is clearly one of the dumbest ideas yet, right? But it might actually work. I mean, look, we've talked about, you know, remakes and how 90% of them are stupid, forgettable garbage for years now. But one title in particular has had hardcore fans banding together to protect it from remake rumors. Uh, And that has been happening for a very long time. And now you're thinking what I was thinking, Back to the Future. No, it is thankfully not Back to the Future. Yeah, as long as the original writers are still alive, Back to the Future will not be Not a chance. Well, it looks like Quibi is crossing the non-existent virtual picket line, and they are going to remake The Princess Bride. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, The Princess Bride, it, if you haven't seen it... Maybe, you're too young. Maybe you're too young. Yeah. I mean, it came out when I was quite young. But the, it's it's an undeniable favorite of millennials. especially Gen Xers. Especially older millennials and Gen Xers. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. It's, it's a piece of cinematic history that, you know, maybe it might not be the best example of incredible filmmaking. Might be though, but yeah. it's still <laughs> cherished by a majority of people who were kids or teenagers when it was originally released back in the late '80s, and uh, it stocked the shelves of blockbuster videos everywhere on VHS for years and years after. That's how that's how everyone saw it. They went and they rented it. They did. 
No one in the millennial generation saw yeah. this in theaters and remembered it. You got you got fucking Matlock. Yeah. You got uh, fucking the guy from Wonder Years. You got Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. You got Andre the fucking Giant. They had to give you, him a keg of beer every night just to keep him on set. You got the guy from Homeland, but when he was young and hot. Yeah. You got uh, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights in there. Yeah. It's it's a it's a great uh, fucking an Chris, ensemble. As Christopher they call it. Guest in an early like <laughs> non comedic acting role. Here's the thing with Princess Bride, and sorry to go off on a tangent, <laughs> but let's have some fun after the first part of the video. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did not ever see Princess Bride when I was a kid. Oh, really? And. That was a point of contention for all of my friends once I was of yeah. That's like age. that's like not watching Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers. When you're so kid. they were like, "Have you seen Princess Bride?" Now, and all I could think in my mind was some kind of Disney fantasy movie yeah. or like cartoon. anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when I was finally shown the Princess Bride, I was like, "This is actually really yeah, funny. It's a great movie. Yeah, it feels like going back and watching like a Mel Brooks movie that you haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, but so it's actually really good. I, I mean, if you haven't seen it. It's yeah, worth watching. It's good. And yeah. it, I'd, I'd say it's aged pretty well compared, pretty damn compared well. to other like fantasy stuff from that yeah. era. But anyway, as much as we love to shit on Quibi, boy, do we love to do that. This news isn't as bad as it sounds. I mean, it, it actually seems like it might be the smartest thing that Quibi has done marketing-wise. Because it actually, they're, they're doing something fun here. Something unique. Yeah, they're not actually, by definition releasing a remake or remake of The Princess Bride. What they're doing is essentially a live table read of the script with a bunch of celebrities. I'm down. So pretty much the kind of shit that other production houses have been doing since the beginning of the coronavirus lockdown. They're having a bit of fun. Yeah. And not that we have to say it again, we shit on Quibi a lot. This isn't something worth shitting this on This is for. cool. I'm, I'm interested yeah. in seeing this. It's just, you know, it's something that Quibi decided that they could do you know, three months late, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Are they still going to break it up into yeah, probably. stupid little chunks? But We're going to show The Princess Bride. It's going to be over the course of 120 episodes. Jesus. Now, still, yes, it's a fine idea. This is actually something legitimately interesting for fans of that movie who are also a little bit could be curious. Yeah. Here's the basics from uh, Entertainment Weekly, who did the best job of summing the whole thing up from multiple articles because... There was a lot of, like, random points about this. Anyways, here's what they say. The streaming service will unveil a star-studded recreation of The Princess Bride, filmed entirely in quarantine over two weeks, beginning June 29th. Vanity Fair first reported the news. The project was masterminded by Juno director Jason Reitman, who previously staged live reads of the beloved film at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art in 2011 and the Toronto International Film Festival in 2015. The recreation was secretly filmed by an inconceivable roster of celebrities on their phones while in self-isolation, who will trade off roles across The Princess Bride's numerous iconic sequences. Among the stars who will appear are... Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, Common and Tiffany Haddish, Neil Patrick Harris and David Burtka, Hugh Jackman, Andy Serkis, Keegan-Michael Key, Elijah Wood, Beanie Feldstein, Jack Black, Diego Luna, Taika Waititi, John Hamm, Zazie Beetz, Patton Oswalt, Josh Gad, original Princess Bride director Rob Reiner, and uh, Fred Savage, who will briefly reprise his role as the grandson who has the story read to him. Yeah. Uh, that's not even a complete roster. I mean, some of the other players are being kept under wraps for now. But uh, Like I said, a fun thing to do. Yeah, I, it's I don't interesting. Hate it's like, for this. If, it's, if it's good, awesome. If it sucks, hey, whatever. Do I wish this was happening on YouTube instead of Quibi? Sure. Yeah, I mean, Entertainment Weekly, it's funny that they're the ones 
talking about this because they, they they just announced they're doing the Scott Pilgrim uh, 10th anniversary uh, table read. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, the table reads are one thing, but I mean, specifically, and because he's wrapped up in the whole thing, is Josh Gad has been doing, for the past three months, gigantic 80s movie or 90s movies reunions with oh. the original cast on his YouTube channel, literally blowing John Krasinski. Get that shit out of yeah. here. Josh Gad is doing the real Lord's work, getting a bunch of people who have never been in the same room together outside of comic conventions or yeah. the original filming to talk about movies that are iconic to people of the past couple generations. That is pretty cool. So again, a rare thumbs up for Quibi. Honestly, let's give it to him, everyone. We're fair, we're mean, but we're fair. Exactly. This is not offensive to the fans of the original film. It's just something fun that's happening while everyone is back into their homes. Back into their homes. Please. Get back into your home because the country decided to open back up while the virus was uh, very much still active. And uh, surprise, has continued to grow and spread out because everyone's back to normal, apparently. Quit, uh, but hey, listen. We're all aware that Quibi's rendition of The Princess Bride isn't the only news related to the coronavirus this week. It's time to talk about some extremely predictable delays. Yes, we called it. Yeah. You listened. We did. And then we all acknowledge that we are almost always correct in regarding to pre predicting the future. So what the fuck's going on now? Uh, guys, Tenet, the new Chris Nolan movie, it's obviously being delayed. Yes, who could have seen this coming? Uh... We did. Yes. And once again, it's being pushed back by another two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Just do -do 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 -do. move the chain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for now, it's coming out August 12th. Um, as you'll recall, this is the exact same amount of time, that two weeks, that it was pushed back previously, not that long ago, less than two weeks ago. Yeah. So now it is scheduled to be released almost exactly a month after its initial release date. And you already know what we're about to say. Uh, we're going to be surprised, shocked if this new August 12th release date even sticks, Tenet might just end up being the movie that's pushed back two weeks at a time for all of eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that big pie in the sky that we're all promised. You'll yeah. get it. Uh, or at least until there's a vaccine or some other movie that's also hell-bent on coming out so that potential infections can be spread across two or more scapegoats. But uh... Listen, Fortnite, again, not we, we praised Quibi, going to praise Fortnite. Fortnite screened Inception in its entirety today. And I went in there. As, I, as it was intended to be viewed. <laughs> I dived in to Fortnite. I dove in to Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I got to give them credit. They turned off all emote sounds, and they wouldn't let you throw tomatoes at the screen. Okay, that's good. It was kind of cool watching it with people. Not exactly the way I would have pictured myself watching a Christopher Nolan movie. No. Very weird that specifically this auteur filmmaker is the first one to have his movie screened in this format. But I could definitely see this work for something like what came out this year, Onward. Yeah, Onward. Yeah. Uh, anyways, speaking of uh, scapegoats who are going to be released in theaters before we're all ready, <laughs> one of those scapegoats might be Mulan. But damned if that movie isn't officially being moved back as well. Which, okay, again, let's be honest, it's it's not the way that big theater chains like AMC, Regal, and Cinemark thought this summer was going to go, even after everything went to shit. Like, we're not entirely sure that these companies can actually survive this. They need a bailout. Yeah, they do. Mr. Trump, I know you like movies. Some bad ones, but you like movies. Yeah. The theater industry needs its own bailout. Yeah. What are we going to do? If, if we lose movie theaters, what the fuck are we going to do when this is all over? 
Listen, we wouldn't be surprised to find out that sometime soon, one or all of those big movie theaters files for bankruptcy protection, like our dear friend, Charles Entertainment Cheese. Pour one out for Chuck. Whose backup pizza brand, Pasquale's, couldn't even save the business. Yes, Chuck E. Cheese has filed for bankruptcy. You hate to see it. Uh, anyways, back to Mulan. Yeah, Mulan's <laughs> delayed too, and uh, it'll now be premiering in theaters <laughs> on August 21st. This time, though, scheduling itself behind Christopher Nolan's film instead of taking the risk of leading into it. All these movies are just the coolest cooler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, your cooler will be shipping out on um, August 12th. Sure. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, you know. Big problems. The, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. <laughs> Yeah, it's really screwing things up with China, so yeah. it's we're going to have to push back the cooler. Now, of course, this is, as you're aware, all subject to change, and it mo most likely will. So we would recommend not getting excited for anything at all in the near future. Uh, that Kevin Bacon horror movie that they... Thinner? No, <laughs> it's a new one. Uh, I can't remember the title. I think it was like you were... I don't know. Barely here? Thinner? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. It's on VOD for like 20 bucks, so... I haven't watched it yet, but from what I hear, pretty good. I kind of want to watch the new John Stewart movie. I don't anticipate it being very the good. The poster but... looks fake. It looks like one of those fake movie posters in the background of a scene in a movie where they're like, <laughs> we don't want to pay for copyright for a real movie, so put that there. Yeah. And like, and the the the, the like reviewer quote at the top of the poster is just like, John Stewart is back, which is not that is. He's been on a farm for four years. But that's not like a value statement on no, like. It's just that he stopped like, raising sheep and came back it, to movie making. It's a statement of fact. <laughs> it's like, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm curious. I'm not really that curious. But yeah. Hey, anyway, while most movies toy around with the idea of either delaying their releases or releasing directly to VOD, we got a rare insight into the shit behind the scenes that goes on with these big films from probably the most unique perspective. And uh, let's just say it's safe to assume that Quentin Tarantino would almost certainly not be interested in working with Quibi. No. Or a, a Quibi. Yeah. Something like Quibi. Turns yeah. out, at least one studio executive thought that it would be a great idea to chime in with a brilliant plan for Quentin Tarantino during a meeting related to the release of one of his greatest films, The Hateful Eight. Quentin, why don't we just package it with the iPhone? Yeah, what's wrong? Like, uh, like uh, uh, you too did. Yeah. Everybody listened to that U2 album, right? And he was, because that movie was expensive to make. He was sure. going around, he was like, look, I'm shooting this in 70 mil, and I'm screening it in 70 mil. So, oh, like, yeah, you're right. Th yeah, so, you know, I'm going for this old school cinema experience. And this it's fucking, gonna be very this expensive. executive's just like, okay, but what about iPhones? You know what has widescreen? A phone. Yeah, so obviously anyone aware of Tarantino's affinity for actual film would know that this proposition would not sit very well with him. No. And it did not. In addition to that, anyone who has actually seen The Hateful Eight, which is literally one of my favorite Tarantino films, yeah. uh, would know that releasing it on a phone as a primary platform would be the stupidest fucking idea you've ever heard. Yet here we are. It's like three and a half hours long. Yeah. You're going to get carpal tunnel holding your phone that long. And, and it is not like the other Tarantino movies. It is... A play. It's dialogue. Inside of one building. Yeah, it is 90% dialogue. Yeah. And there's violence. There's Tarantino violence in there for sure. But yeah. it's mostly dialogue. Uh, I look at it as Walton Goggins' opus. Yeah. <laughs> that man 
it was set free to it's, act. It's the Walton Goggins, Sam Jackson, just <laughs> yeah. like stage show, tour yeah. de force. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, I think. Uh, anyways, Tarantino basically reacted the way that you would imagine he would. Hey, Quentin, what if we put this on the iPhone? The, the story comes from the Wall Street Journal, and, it, and it's a short quote, but it gets right to the point. Quote, the Universal Studio chief decided to pitch Tarantino an entirely different ap- approach to the Hateful Eight, which went over about as well as expected. Tarantino clearly wanted to return to the classic cinema form of shooting and releasing on actual 70mm film. And what he was offered was, well, the opposite of that. Mr. Tarantino, a diehard cinephile, wanted to release the movie on 70mm theatrical prints that required special projectors for the big screen. Jeff Schell, at the time the head of the Universal Studio, voiced his own pitch. What if we released it on iPhones, he said. Great, Mr. Tarantino replied and stormed out of the meeting. <laughs> and a fucking we, big, bold move. Yep. Love no, it. Fuck that. Yeah. And as we all know, the film was eventually released the right way with some theaters even going 70. ahead with the, the roadshow screenings in the 70 mil, complete with intermissions and everything. Saw it. It was fucking great. Yep. So... Way to stand your ground, sir. I was visiting my parents at the time. I had to drive 70 miles to see the Roadshow version. And I did it, and I loved it. Where did you go? Tampa? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Now, briefly, before we get out of here, uh, let's uh, bring you up to speed on some updates from two television series based on two fantastic video games, starting with Cuphead. It looks so good. Yeah, this one is way easier to picture in your mind, because Cuphead is basically just a cartoon that you can play. And now I it. never actually have to try playing it. Yeah. I no. can just watch I beat it. I'm a gamer. But yeah, we're getting a Cuphead cartoon, and of course it's staying faithful to the classic 20s, 30s styles of animation. The news is a bit old by now, but the update here is that they are hard at work on this series. And there's a a new behind-the-scenes video showing off the animators and the animations. Now, we can't show you that, because Netflix would nuke our channel for promoting something. Oh, the humanity. Where's my fainting couch? But, of course, we'll leave links in the description below so you can check it out for yourself. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. We really got that, uh, what is it, Ruben Fleischer? That old style of... Yeah, Tex uh, Avery, Ruben Fleischer, like yeah. all the all the old greats. Anyway, next up, though, something we did not expect, but we are very curious about. A series based off one of our favorite games in recent memory, Disco Elysium. Now, according to Variety, a Disco Elysium adapt- adaptation is in the works from, get this, the producer of the Sonic Hedgehog movie... All right, hold on, you had my attention. Okay, um, so, from the article. Based on the universe introduced in Robert Kurvitz's 2013 novel, Sacred and Terrible Air, the game follows a veteran detective with a mysterious past who must solve a crime that threatens to set powerful political factions into a civil war. Quote, We're so gratified at the response Disco Elysium has received, and very happy to be teaming with DJ2 to expand the franchise for other media and new audiences. Said Helen Hinpier, lead writer of ZA slash UM. No writer is currently attached, nor is a network or streaming service. DJ2 is now meeting writers in anticipation of pitching the property later this year. So yeah, I mean, we were eagerly awaiting news on that because, I mean, the game is fantastic. It's incredible. It would play really well. I hope that it's a live-action series. I can't imagine it being a, an animated series. Uh, live-action would be... What if it's like Sonic and it's a mix? <laughs> oh, God. I don't think that's even fucking possible. There's no, like... There's no reason what for it to be... What if we made all the characters cute animals? CGI animals? Uh, it would be Animal Farm. It would be an- like <laughs> the Animal Farm show. Anyways, uh, the game's fantastic. You all know that. We hope that the series would expand upon the greatness that they've already built. Uh, Anyways, uh, before we go really quick, I mean, not to bum you out or anything, we just feel like we should say something here. Uh, One of our 
pretty close friends over the past couple of years. A, a fantastic person who we have known a very long time. We, if you've watched any of our previous trips where we go and interview yeah. actors, every actresses. pretty much every cool trip we did on ETC where we went to a fun location and had fun activities and it like had a blast was uh, in large part thanks to a woman named Jackie Cavanaugh who uh, worked for. Uh, a, Various part, a, things. a couple different like PR firms. And then she started her own but, uh, company recently. Yeah, and, um, she's uh, one of the big reasons why those trips were so fun. And uh, and she passed away uh, last week, um, yeah. not from COVID, from completely unrelated medical stuff. But it was still yeah. surprising to us because we didn't really know out of the loop for the last several months. Yeah, and I mean, from what we heard, like was doing okay, and then suddenly took a turn. And it, I mean, it's terrible. It, it yeah. sucks. There's nothing good to say about this. The, the one good thing is that I we heard that her family was able to be in the room despite COVID restrictions because it wasn't yeah. related to COVID, which is great. Um, but I just want to say, like, she was one of those people that was a ray of sunshine. Like, every time yeah. you saw her, she had a smile on her face. She was very friendly. She was honestly such a good person. Yeah, this business gets, like, a, a reputation for having a lot of assholes in it, and that reputation is accurate, but there are people uh, there who are, stick out. There are some really good people in it, and uh, it's always great when you meet them and uh, connect and uh, have, have some good times with them. So, uh, very sad news. On a side note of that, like, you, you never really know when anyone's going to go, so maybe hit them up and talk to them yeah. more. Because, I mean, we have been on this journey of doing our own show, and so we don't have the same connections, and, you know, we didn't have Machinima backing us to say that we were an entertainment outlet, so we kind of, like... Fell off the radar a little bit, but we were still in contact with her. Yeah. We went and hung out with her and uh, some other people in the industry uh, many times just to catch up. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't expect someone who's her age to just be gone in six months. So yeah. reach out to your friends and say hi because, I don't know, we all need it right now. We're all still in quarantine or going back into quarantine if you're in any other states. And Yeah. But, but she, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, she has a, what's the charity? It's Girls, Girls Incorporated. Girls Her, Incorporated. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're probably going to throw send, some money, throw down, some there. money down. That's what, in, in lieu of flowers. She yes. Wanted, she wanted people to donate to this charity. So uh, We're going to leave her full name if you want to donate in her name uh, in the description below. If you can't, we understand. I mean, we've been selling masks and doing donations and stuff like that. We've been asking you for a lot of money. Yeah, but uh, if you are a person that's watching this that's able to contribute even a small amount, like this would mean a lot to her family that this is done in her honor. We'll leave her name and a link in the description below. And sorry to leave it on a sour note. We're we're sorry to do that, but we just, we had to say something. I mean, this is a close friend of ours. So uh, in the meantime, watch our other videos over here. We'll be back for weekly weird news and uh, have a great weekend. See you soon.